0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening.
1: Hey, everybody. We are in a month right now that none of us are ever going to forget. We are going to be talking about March of 2020 for years and years to come. And this week in particular, it's going to be known for two things. Cancellations and increased anxieties. And that's exactly what I want to be able to deal with in our time together here. I am so convinced that God has something very, very important personal, very, very special for every one of us that are listening together online today. Now, here's why I I would say that. Thursday, I had just finished a conversation, and I had been emphatic. For sure, there is no way that we are going to be canceling our services here. For sure. I'm sure I was a little bit dramatic about that as well. I finished up with that meeting, and then I'm informed about 11 o'clock, that um, Governor Evers has just um, completed a press conference in which he has declared a state of emergency in Wisconsin. Exactly what he should have done that way. But I was then informed that in that conference that they have made a request that any gathering over 250 people that it would be postponed or canceled. And I'm thinking immediately, that's crazy. And there's no way that we are going to be canceling our services here. I mean, I am known as the never cancel church kind of guy. I mean, no matter what's happening, you have a blizzard outside, you know, a church blows up. I mean, we're just going to meet in the parking lot, right? So as I'm thinking this and just, you you know, getting more and more worked up, it's almost as if I could hear the gentle but clear voice of God saying, Is this a decision that you're making in pride or in wisdom? Realizing that any decision made in pride is not a good decision, whether it's a big decision or a little decision. And this, of course, this is a big decision. And there was no bandwagon that anybody was jumping on. I mean, we were were one of the first to have to move in this direction. I thought, I really did, I thought... But God, I said, I don't remember the last time that we met together that somebody didn't open themselves up and trust Jesus as their Savior. Doesn't that matter to you? Yeah, I actually I actually said that to God. <laughs> to which, now I hear, again, gentle but clear, it's almost as if God is using my first name. There's nobody else in the room, but I'm hearing him go like, uh, Guy, don't you think that I am capable of communicating through you to people, whether it's online or in person? And haven't I said that my word will not go forth and return to me void or without accomplishing the purpose that I had done? And in that moment of, repentance, you know, clarity, wisdom, we're able to make the decision that we know is the best decision for all of us here. Though it turned our world upside down and so many worlds are getting turned on, uh, upside down right now. Anxiety. Anxiety is something that as a society, no matter what generation, it's been described as epidemic. And now with this past week, the coronavirus coming in, it's like there is gasoline that's being poured on the fires of anxiety that we are going through and facing. I know Sarah and Jason, they went through some of those fires and the coronavirus certainly turned their world upside down and Sarah, you're here to tell us just a little bit about that, so welcome.
0: Thank you, Pastor Guy. Well, we've been living uh, the coronavirus scare for a few weeks longer. Uh, We had planned a trip to Italy in the last five years. We've been planning this for our 25th wedding anniversary.
1: Trip of a a lifetime, right? Trip of a lifetime.
0: I am actually Sicilian, so I've been wanting to go to Italy and to Sicily my whole entire life. So... As things, you know, progressed and we got closer to the date we were going to leave, I even Googled coronavirus in Italy to see, you know, where things were at. My fears were calmed over the fact that they were on top of it. They were the ones that were actually um, shutting down the flights from the areas that were the hardest hit. They They were taking every measure possible. And even when we got off the plane in Venice... They were taking our temperatures, and men in completely in hazmat suits were already there doing the thing. So we felt great about it, and we went and for the first four days we had an amazing, relaxed time. And then I saw a news story saying that there were a couple of cases that were cropping up in the area that we were staying in, and I thought, God, that's not a big deal, right? I mean, it's just a couple of cases; it's no biggie. We kept go forward, you know, kept going on, having a the trip of a lifetime, and then we started to get text messages and phone calls from the United States, from the people who had heard about this and just wanted to check on us, which was so wonderful. But the anxiety started to creep in a little bit, and we pushed it away, and we said, you know, we're leaving for Sicily in a day and a half. This is what they're struggling with here in the north, but we're going all the way to the south. And we went on with our trip, and just I prayed through the anxiety, and we went, flew to Sicily, and had an amazing first day. Day two, they announced that there was a bit of an outbreak in the city that we were staying in. Seems that there was a trip of 29 people who had ventured into those really hard-hit areas in the north and had actually brought it back with them and were now starting to get sick. It's not that we were fearful of getting the coronavirus, it's actually that we were fearful of getting stuck in Italy because places were starting to shut down and all the people in those places. We just kind of kept on and stayed informed, and as the anxiety started to creep up, I prayed, and I was like, all right, God, you'll let me know when it's time to do something about this. But the news stories kept going more and more, and now we were in a part of Italy where they didn't speak as much English, and we found ourselves in the grocery store one night buying Italian cookies, because we wanted to take them back to the hotel with us, and we looked around, and we couldn't understand what people were saying, but they all had carts filled with water and all sorts of other things, and we started to get a little more anxious. And then a hotel was shut down a, a few blocks from where we were staying. They were on lockdown, and the, um, the amounts of cases were growing. And the people were getting a little bit less um, excited about the tourists. And we felt everything change. I'm usually an overpacker and a bit of a germaphobe, so I usually have extra everything on me, but I had tried to not overpack this time, and we were running low on hand sanitizer, and guess what? There wasn't any left on the shelves. And there wasn't any masks, even though I wasn't actually looking for those. They were putting in the windows of the pharmacies that they were running out of these things, and more people were texting us, and more people were calling us and saying, aren't you scared? And I was saying, we are starting to get scared when you ask us that. And we realized that it was probably time to take it a little bit more seriously and think about what God had for us. And my anxiety level was getting higher and I was praying, but I was too nervous to hear what God was saying to me. My husband and I always talk about, we'll pray together at the same time and then we will come back together after a time and, and try to compare notes on what we thought God was telling us and if we come to a consensus, then that's confirmation. As we were doing this, I just couldn't get a hold of that anxiety. And so I thought, what's the other thing I need to do? I'm praying, doing all the things, and we realized that we needed to seek wise counsel. And actually, Pastor Guy's wife, who runs our missions to Kenya here and was very well-traveled, we reached out to her and asked her, what should we do? And she came back with some really wise answers, and then the next morning we conferred on what we thought God was telling us to do, and we realized it was actually time for us to cut our trip early and come home. So we looked for flights, and they were $3,000 a person. Anxiety back up again. (laughs) So it was one of those roller coaster rides that we were on. But here's the thing. Every step of the way, when the anxiety would rise, we would turn to God, and God would be present in that moment. And he showed up in every way wise counsel, people helping us make decisions. My very closest friend said, don't worry about getting to Milwaukee, just go to London. And we looked for flights for London, much cheaper, much easier, and we did it one step of the way. Now I'm an American, and I want it solved, and I want it solved now. And it wasn't a comfortable place for me to live that I didn't get all of the answers. And you might know what I'm talking about right now. We don't know exactly where things are going. And it's a little uncomfortable for us. And it's not something that we're used to. But I can promise you this. God is going to be present every step of the way. Another hard decision we had to make was once we were home... Do we quarantine, do we not quarantine? We called the doctor, sought out the advice of the CDC and the local health departments, and they actually said, you don't have to quarantine. At the time, it was, a travel, it was a level two travel advisory, and we weren't required to quarantine. But I felt that voice that Guy was talking about, that voice that God is speaking to you, and I knew that this was our opportunity to love on our community in a way that wasn't easy. We know a lot of people who have immune issues or who are at risk because they're cancer survivors or they have lung issues. And we knew that there was no way to know had we actually been exposed. And so both of us being small business owners, quarantining wasn't really easy. Also, my husband and I like to joke around about how our limit of togetherness is about five days. We had our trip scheduled for 12, so we already knew that we were going to be pushing it a little bit, and here we go. If we quarantine for 14 days, we're looking at 22 days of togetherness. But I'll tell you what, we are exact opposites. And not in the, we kind of balance each other out more in the, sometimes we butt heads kind of a way. And God showed up there too, because we weren't able to run away from each other when we had those moments, and it was one of the best things for our marriage ever we spent time together you know things were really slow we had a lot of time on our hands we weren't busy we weren't able to cover up anything that was going on in our lives with more busyness and it was peaceful and it was amazing even though sometimes there was anxiety every time there was anxiety we did the things that god asked us to do and he leveled it out for us so if you're in a place of anxiety right now which i know a lot of us are just know that my story can be your story and it's something that we just need to walk with god every step of the way
1: for sure thanks sarah really really appreciate that if you have a bible somewhere nearby you at home or on your phone a free phone um, from the device you're not using right now if you could just grab that right now i want us to look together at a word that i know that god has for each and every one of us especially in these days that we're in right now in fact i'm going to ask you in a moment to take a screenshot of one particular verse that you're going to be able to carry with you, but carry out with you as well, and to be able to share with others. Something that I think is going to be of great help to them as well. We're going to start in the book of 1 Peter. Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, actually writes two individual um, letters here. We're looking at the first one. We want to go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. It says... Cast all of your anxiety on him because he, God, cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. That's like a big exclamation point there. Now let's go back and look at verse number seven. This is the verse, if you can right now, I want you to screenshot this verse. Cast all of your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. I don't want us to miss the most obvious that is just staring us in the face right here. The fact that God is telling us that there are going to be circumstances in our lives that cause us or bring anxiety into it. God's just like, don't you think that I don't know that this is going to be happening in your life. I'm in control, but there's still these situations that we're going to face that way. When we do, here's the why. God has told us, when you have these situations of anxiety, I want you to bring them to me, and I want you to unload them on me. The reason I want you to do this is because I care for you God doesn't say bring your anxieties to me offload them on me because I am able to deal with them he is able to deal with them but that's not what he's saying come with me just because I'm able he's telling us this I want you to bring this stuff that is causing you the incredible anxiety that you're going through right now because I care about you I know what you're going through and I care Let's just stop for a second at that and just breathe. God cares about the stuff that we are going through and facing right now. Wow. The creator. Peter now with this conviction brings us into something that all of us are going to be using this week, next week, in this short time. We look down one more verse, at verse 8. He then says, So be alert and of sober mind, because your enemy, the devil, prowls around, look at it, like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I mean, the picture here, it's pretty... It's pretty intense. The devil has a desire for us. And it is to devour. That is, he wants to ruin our lives. Peter learned this from Jesus. He learned it firsthand as well, but he learned it from Jesus. Jesus' words were these. He said, the thief, or the enemy, comes to kill, steal, and destroy I have come that you might have life and that you would have it to the full. Jesus said, I want to give you life, that is eternal life, and I want to give you a life that is full and rich and abundant right now. The enemy or the thief, he wants to do whatever he can to ruin that. To put us into a place in which we are not close to God, Not experiencing what it is that God said we could be experiencing in our life through him. And the means that Peter tells us here that he is going to try to bring this ruin into our life is through the enemy, or the picture here, of the devil's roaring. This is really a pretty intense, as well as a cool, Example from creation. It's a lesson from creation that Peter is drawing upon. Do you know why a lion does this? Why the lion is the one that is known for the roar. Do you know why a lion roars? Basically two reasons. One, it is to cause fear or anxiety and two it's to cause movement that is to get the one that's hearing it to move in a direction we might think that when a lion is attacking that's when the roar comes out but actually that's not the case in fact When a lion attacks, he does so in the most stealthful, silent way. In fact, if you've ever seen a cat creeping up on something, I mean, it is really spooky. I mean, you can see them in their Cat moves this way. And if you look into their eyes, you just see the pure evil that's in there. I mean, it's like, you know it's in those animals that way. Lions the same way. The lion will creep, 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 and then in silence pounce upon the prey. That's not what the roar is for. In fact, when the lion is out, and he's on his move, think of this. If you hear... your right side what are you going to do as fast as you can you are going to run left (laughs) you're going to go the exact opposite of the roar right and you will then be running into your destruction because it's to the left that the lionesses are waiting and because of the lion's roar which by the way lion roars at about 114 decibels. Like, how loud is that? If you were to stand in front of your car, turn to it, take one step back, and have the person blow on the horn, that's about 114 decibels. One of the loudest roars that there can possibly be. So when we hear... (laughs) That scream coming our way everything in us wants to move in a direction that could lead to our destruction today anxiety is roaring it's roaring in our lives it's roaring in lives all around us it may be the roar that you're hearing right now is one that's just dealing with Our safety. This pandemic, I mean, just hear the word pandemic, and it's like, you know, like, that's bad. There's not a safe place to go or to be. Health-wise, if that roar is going on. Some are really concerned with being sick. Others like, ah, I'm not really sure that that's going to be a big deal to me. But there's another roar that might be going. You might hear the roar of cancer that's taking place you might be hearing the roar of pain in your life some are hearing the roar of financial anxiety that's going on they've looked at the stock market they've seen the bottom just drop out of that whether or not a person you're even in the market you're probably recognizing right now that the things that are happening and happening all around our country, I mean, you look at everything that closes, you get, you, know, you get schools that are closing and you got airlines that are not flying international anymore and Disney shutting down and like, everything is like closing down. It's like, this is going to have an economic impact and it is going to come back and the anxiety about what is this going to do to our family? What is this going to do to my job? Am I going to be able to keep on going that way? As I said, the, the safety part, that roar that's going on, just this past week, in my neighborhood, I mean, so the town of Waukesha, my neighborhood, there were two people that were just brutally murdered. Less than two weeks ago, five men went to work and they were murdered by a coworker that's there. There's not a student around that doesn't, in the back of their mind from one time or another, hear that roar of like, what could happen in my school today? Some of the roars that are taking place just have to do with our future. Like, what's going to happen right now? I had a friend, let me know, his, wa- his daughter's wedding tomorrow was canceled. Just because, again, the, of not being able with all the events and things that were shutting down that way. With school and college, and you know, we're wondering like, what what is going to happen around here, and how is it going to be impacting me? And of course, there's relationship roars. If you are being put in that place in which you're going through a divorce, I mean, anxiety is just screaming. There's other. I mean, we have over and over and over again that roar that goes on. And when you hear it, you hear that roar of anxiety screaming to the side of you. That's the time that God said, come to me. I want you to be able to cast your care on me. In fact, if you can find, you know, nearby you right now, a piece of paper that you can write this down. You can do this on your phone a little bit later. But I want to encourage everybody just to today do this. Write down, my fear says, and what is that? What is it that your fear or anxiety might be roaring in your ears right now? What is it that's just causing everything to become, you know, just, you're a little bit more, you know, just agitated and edged that way? And when you've done that, I want you to write after that, my God says. You know what your fear says. Your fear may say, you're not safe. Your fear may be saying you that you are going to be going, you know, you, you could be bankrupt by what's taken place. But what does your God say to you? Some of it, God says that you matter to me. We've just read in 1 Peter 5, 7 that I care about you. God says that I will be with you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5. I'm not going to leave you. 2 Corinthians 9 tells, God says this, God says that I will give you grace in the time of weakness or difficulty that you're going through. God says, I will help you. He says, heaven is for sure. And I don't want you to forget that. So what do we do with all this? God actually gives us an action plan when we find ourselves in the place of anxiety. And I just want to take us through this real quickly. I want to show it to you, what he says in the scripture, and then give you these four steps of God's actions plan that we can do like right now. We can start today, and we can continue on this week. We can help others. We can help them to have that hope that they're looking for and they need in their lives as well. So I'm going to go over, if you have that Bible, I want you to go over with me to Philippians chapter 4. In verse number 6, God starts this way. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Now, God is not saying there that if you are in this place of anxiety or worry in your life, that you are you know, spiritually failing, that there is something wrong with you. When he says, do not be anxious about anything, he's saying this. Do not stay in that place in which anxiousness is overcoming you, that is having a negative impact in your life instead in whatever that situation is by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which transgresses which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ the peace of god finally brothers and sisters verse 8 whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy Think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Look at this. And the God of peace will be with you. Here's what God's telling us. Here's what I want you to do, these four things. Number one, I want you to name it. One of the reasons that we take this as serious as we do, we want to write down what my fear says. Because doing that gives us clarity with regards to it. My fear says, the more ambiguous, the more unclear our fear or anxiety is, the louder (laughs) that we hear the roar going on. When we can put that down and make it clear, now it's something that God says we can, we can take step two. We name it. And then two, we pray. Verse number six says, with whatever you have, my fear, my anxiety is saying to me, I just want to be able to bring that to God. Pastor Bill, um, he made this statement. I thought it was just so good. He says, we need, it's either going to be pray or pray. And in doing it, he was saying, we're going to either pray or we are going to become pray. We can think of it this way. With whatever this is, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about it. And if we are not bringing this to God then in essence we're going to say, then it's up to me to have to deal with this on my own. I've mentioned before, I've got two boxes that, is, that have really helped me with this. I've got the My Box. Here's the things that I'm responsible for and taking care of. And then I've got what I've labeled as God's Box. When we take this fear or anxiety that we have and we, we ask God, God, would you help me with this? You may say, I am now giving it to God. And so, in essence, you're going to take that and you're going to put that in God's box. And then we're like, "Um, God, I'm going to just take this out of your box again. And I'm I'm picking this up because I can just feel this fear holding on. And God's like, are you going to carry it? Are you going to put it in your box? Or are you going to put it in mine? And the help to me was this. When I actually wrote this down, put it in a box, I realized this. That once I've given something to God, I've asked him, would you help me with that? If I'm going to wake up and worry about that at two o'clock in the morning, then I'm going to have to get up I'm going to have to get out of bed. I'm going to have to go across the house. I'm going to have to pick up the God box. I'm going to have to open this up and at two in the morning and say, God, I'm just going to take this and I'm going to hold on to this for a while by myself because I think that this is something that it's just up to me to have to deal with. Or, once I put it in that box and set it down, I'm saying, God, I put it where I've done everything I can do right now. I'm going to go to bed, and in the morning, we'll see what it is that we're going to do that way. So we name it, we pray it. The third thing that is so important for us is we're going to have to think it. If we look again, verse number eight, we realize that what we think is going to impact everything else. Last October, we did a series that we called Mind Shift. Because everything's being canceled right now, all the sporting events and everything's closing down, I think it'd just be a great idea if we go back, or if you got a friend, if you just recommend to them, like, hey, there's this series on our website called Mind Shift, and it talks about the power, again, of thinking these thoughts after God. I'm not actually taking this back from God, but I just want to use this card. When you can look at what my fear says, and then very specifically what God says, there are thousands of promises that God gives us for the stuff, for the anxieties that we have in life. When we will take a very specific promise or word from God, And write that down and begin to think about that. The more we think about this, the more that it helps us with our thoughts about this. The more I think about this is what God said, and when I listen to the roar of what my fear says, what God said is the voice that is going to help me to change my way of thinking and actually get out of that cycle of anxiety that I find myself in. So God's plan, when we are in and being overcome with anxiety, we need to name it, this is what it is that I'm anxious over. Two, God, would you help me? I'm looking to the one who said, if you come to me, pray, I will help you. Three, I begin thinking, this is what God said. And then fourth, it's important then to live it. That is, what is it that I know that God wants me to be doing right now. You may have noticed, if not, I want to point out, this is actually one of the treasures that I've uh, brought back from Africa. It is a very large lion's tooth. I, I received it, I was in a Maasai village, and there a Maasai warrior is the one who had given this to me. Now the Maasai in Kenya are actually the lion killers or the lion hunters there. And I'm not talking about, they don't hunt lions with a rifle and kill at a distance. When a Messiah takes down a lion, it takes them down face to face. In this particular case, I could say, this tooth reminds me of, of this, that this lion, <laughs> this one don't roar no more. Because there was one when the Messiah hear the lion's roar. Rather than running from it, they move to it. When we hear anxiety roar, God said, that's when I want you to follow this action. Would you move, God says, toward me? James chapter 4, verse number 8, God promises this. If you will come near me, I will come near you. In other words, God said, if you want to be closer to me, all you need to do is take a step because as you take your step, I am going to take a step closer to you. God promises that. And once we've done that, I'm going to take action. I'm going to come toward God. It's there that we can begin to join God. And there are so many different areas that this problem opportunity that we are in right now is just bringing to us and presenting to us. And you heard um, earlier Ashlyn mention this. We realized that with everything shutting down and the economic ripples coming back, that our food pantries, that they were going to need help. And we think about this. For every dollar we give, that's five pounds of food. Or ten dollars is fifty. I like to think of it this way. For twenty dollars, I can give a hundred pounds of food. And we want to fill up our food pantries in all of our surrounding communities. One thing we can do just in joining God right now, helping those that are in need, is take that step. Go online and just you know, it's like I'm gonna help with the I'm gonna help with the food pantry. And maybe for you, joining God is going to be Um, connecting with an older person that you know. You know, like somebody 40. Somebody that would be more susceptible to the coronavirus. They're saying, you know, 60, 70 years old. But if you have a neighbor or if you know somebody in that situation, to be able just to go to them and say, you know, can I help you? Can I go to the store for you? Can I bring something over for you? That may be one of the ways that you're going to be serving. Offering to pray with somebody as, they, as their anxiety level comes up. I mean, it's just it's giving hope in the most practical way. We talked about prayer and the value of it. I think our entire country is more open to prayer right now than it's ever been. President, Sunday, this Sunday, today, this is a, is a national day of prayer. Why would our government officials say that? Because they know when things are hard, hearts open up toward God we've got such a great opportunity to be able to share both the love of God the love of Jesus what he's done for them and just praying for whatever it is that anxiety is that which is roaring in somebody's ear it may be just helping out with childcare right now schools that aren't in session people are trying to juggle their kids juggle their jobs that way I mean the opportunities to be able to serve are great in fact in a moment, um, I'll even share how we as a church want to just be ready to step into. We don't know what opportunities are going to present themselves next, whether it's joining a food pantry, whether it's Hope Center, whether whatever it might be in our community. But I'm going to give you the opportunity just to you know, get your name with, with ours, with mine, on a list that if, when something comes up, we'll just give you. We'll give you a call, we'll give you a text and say, hey, here's something that we can do to show God's love in our community are you available and free to be able to join us? I mentioned at the very beginning, why am I just so convinced that there's this word that God is sending out to us? Because Jesus, in times in which we find ourselves, times of anxiety, he shines the brightest. And people's ear opens up even more to these words. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you can have it to the full. We've talked a lot about how we, applying what God says, can have a rich, full life even in times of difficulty and challenge that we're in. But it's so important for you to hear today that if you haven't come to Jesus for life, haven't responded to the gospel which simply says this, that Christ died for our sins, According to the scripture, he died for my sin, he died for yours. He was buried, That he rose again. Jesus, as the resurrected Savior, extends this invitation today. I want to give you the forgiveness that you are longing for in your life. I want to restore the broken relationship that you have with God. And if you would come to me, that is the first gift of life. And then I want to work in your life in an unmistakable way. As you are willing to follow me, I want to close this in prayer in just a moment. My prayer is for those that are desirous today to receive Jesus, and my prayer is for every Christian who finds themselves in the grip of anxiety. You are hearing the roar, but remember, this lion. You don't roar no more. And if we will follow God's plan, name it, pray it, think it, live it, then we'll be free from that grip that anxiety wants to hold over us as well. And that's exactly what we need to do. Would you join me in prayer, please? God, thank you that you're in control and you knew even before these events took place, that we would find ourselves in the grip of anxiety that we do right now. Some because of the coronavirus, some, Lord, it's just being made bigger. We come to you with that which is tearing at our soul, which is consuming our minds. We're asking you, Take it. We roll it on you, and we will follow what it is that you've told us to do. Thank you for the deliverance. Thank you for the peace. Thank you for the encouragement that we can have and share with others. For those that are ready to trust you, Jesus, as your Savior, and they're listening today, knowing that this is the time, as they pray this simple prayer, as best I understand now, Lord Jesus, I ask you for the work that you've done on the cross and in your resurrection. Lord, would you apply that to me? Would you forgive me? Would you give me life? And then this life to the full? As best I understand, I open my life and trust you and receive you as my Savior now. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen before we um, end today together let me give you a quick way to be able to respond a couple of things that i had um, said earlier if you've received jesus one of the things we want to give you the opportunity to do is just to respond to us either in the chat bar by just you know tapping in there you know i've received jesus today or by texting us the following number 555-888 will be used for one of these three things First, if there is something we can pray with you about, if you will just type in at 555 the words, pray now, one word, then we'll have somebody in our prayer team that's just praying for you with regards to whatever it is that's going on in your life. If you've just received Jesus, if you put the word follow, so same number, 555 and the word follow, We'll know that you have trusted Jesus, and there's a resource that we think is super helpful. We'll be able to send that to you as well. If you want to join with us and sign up, be on the list of ready for whatever takes place here, going out, helping our community, whatever that need is, same number, five 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 eight eight eight, and use the word sign up, one word, sign up, then we'll get you on that list, and when something comes up, we'll be able to shoot you a message and join with us that way. Thanks again for joining with us. We are so, so glad that you have done that. Let me encourage you to do this. Take this word from God. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. That we can cast all of our anxiety on Him because He cares for us. Take it to heart. Talk about it in your homes. And then share it with others. It's more good news that God wants for us each and every one to be able to have and be blessed by. God bless, guys. We'll keep in contact.
0: We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.